and wildfires. This woman lives in Marbella. We've had so many fires in the last two, three years that it just scares us to death and we have to adapt to that. And if turning the power off is going to help prevent a fire, then we have to deal with that. The first time since it swept into power, the U.S. has held talks with the Taliban, as CBS News correspondent Vicki Barker reports. The Taliban says the U.S. has agreed to provide humanitarian aid to Afghanistan's people while still refusing to formally recognize the Taliban rulers there. The U.S. statement says only that the two sides discussed the United States provision of robust humanitarian assistance directly to the Afghan people. The stakes couldn't be higher. The country's on the brink of economic collapse, and at least one million children are at risk of starvation. Three U.S.-based economists have won the Nobel Prize for Economics based on their research into labor markets and immigration. This is CBS News. The leading sign of COVID is a fever, so everyone needs an accurate thermometer. Try the Exergen Temporal Scanner and learn more at exergen.com. That's exergen.com. This is a metaphor for your business's journey. Sometimes it feels like you're going 100 miles an hour, barely keeping up. But to cruise through challenges, you need someone who's right there with you. That's what Dell Technologies advisors do. They have the tech advice you need to get past whatever's in front of you and get to where you want to go. Call an advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL and do more with modern devices and Windows 10 Pro. There's a lot of confusion about how to protect yourself from COVID with guidelines and regulations changing by the week. You need an accurate thermometer for your family to check for fever, the leading sign of flu and COVID. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Non-contact thermometers have no scientific studies behind them and can miss the fever that might mean COVID. Learn more at exergen.com. CBS News poll looks at attitudes toward masks in schools. CBS's Linda Kenyon has more. Jennifer DePinto, CBS's Deputy Director of Surveys, finds strong support for face coverings in the classroom. 55% think they should be required in their children's school. And among the minority who feel masks should not be required, most give the reason that they feel is a matter of personal choice. And what about vaccinations? 37% of parents with kids ages 5 to 11 would vaccinate their children against COVID-19 if that vaccine became available to them. But we find just as many, 35%, who say they won't get their children vaccinated. Linda Kenyon, CBS News. A new poll finds most Americans across party lines have serious concerns about cyber attacks on U.S. computer systems and most view China and Russia as major threats. The AP poll found 9 in 10 Americans are at least somewhat concerned about hacks involving their own information. I'm Cammie McCormick, CBS News. Tired of living paycheck to paycheck? What if it didn't take years or even months to dramatically improve your net worth? What if you could do it virtually overnight? I'm not talking about the lottery. I'm talking about proven financial secrets used by the mega rich to build their massive fortunes. Once only available to an exclusive club of billionaires, this secret is now, for the very first time, available to you. Any ordinary person can use this powerful information to build massive wealth. It's like a financial wormhole, you know, something that moves you from one side of the universe to the other in the blink of an eye. But in this case, it's moving you from barely paying your bills to financial freedom in a snap. Learn more at financialwormholes.com. 
Get off the paycheck-to-paycheck hamster wheel and start enjoying life like the mega-rich. Go to financialwormholes.com. It costs you nothing, but it changes everything. Do it today, and tomorrow you could start living the good life. Financialwormholes.com. That's financialwormholes.com. Come one, come all to the 171st Fairfield County Fair. Today is Veterans Day with A-Bar Rodeo. $7 reserve seats at 7 Tomorrow is Rural Urban Day, refreshing 90.9 Day, Buckeye Honda Day, and the Julian Neville Concert at the Grandstand at 7.30 with free admission. Admission to the fair is free for anyone nine years or under, ten and up for $7. It's a Fairfield County Fair October 10th through the 16th at 157 East Fair Ave in Lancaster, Ohio. Daily reports at the stock market's close. Tune in at 5.30 tonight on WATH to stay informed about your money. The stock market report is brought to you by Goldsberry Wealth Strategies, serving Athens County since 2005. The Goldsberry Wealth Strategies stock market report airs exclusively in Athens County on 970 WATH weekdays at 5.30 immediately after our local newscast. Securities offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Investment advisory services are offered through Raymond James Financial Services, Advisors, Inc. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a registered broker-dealer and is independent of Raymond James Financial Services. My part-time service in the Army National Guard makes it possible for me to be more for the community I call home. My training helps me at work when I lead by example. My service in the Army National Guard allows me to keep my community and those I care about safe from threats. Learn more about how you too can live and serve part-time close to home by visiting NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Ohio Army National Guard. Aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. Difficulties with everyday tasks, words and numbers, confusion in familiar environments, memory loss, and changes in behavior. These are all signs of dementia. Athens County Cares wants to create a dementia-inclusive Athens County and empower adults living with cognitive decline through a holistic program which safeguards their dignity and independence while improving their and their caregivers' quality of life. Pick up the phone and call 740-594-3535 or visit AthensCountyCares.org to learn more. What in the world is going on now? Find out every weekday at 8 a.m. and 7 p.m. on the World News Roundup from CBS News Radio and on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. As we head into fall, come to a work of heart in Grand Central Mall. We have just what you need to decorate your home inside and out. We have new porch sitter signs and fall and winter flags to beautify your porch and yard. We offer fall and winter wreaths that have signs that can be personalized with names or sayings. We also have two laser engravers with hundreds of signs and gifts that can be personalized with names and dates to make some of the most unique gifts you will find for that special someone. We offer a great selection of greeting cards and our box Christmas cards are now 20% off. Our jar candles, sprays, tarts, and car air fresheners are some of the greatest scents you will find. Butter maple syrup is one of the most popular scents in the nation. And we have a great selection made right here in Ohio. Come see us today at A Work of Heart, Grand Central Mall, Vienna, West Virginia. Find us on Facebook or visit us at aworkofheart.biz. I-N-E-P-T, inept tech, two, four, six, eight, who do we appreciate? Coach Turf, your NAP Tech football team in action this past weekend again against Double Dakota Tech. That's right, DDT, them boys, Coach Robinson, still working the bugs out of their program. Well, I was wondering what kind of game was it? 
Well, it was a fine ball game. You know, we played a fine ball game, and the boys went out and played a real fine game on offense and a real fine game on defense, and especially the special teams played a real fine ball game. Of course, DDT, even though they're still working the bugs out of their program, they give us a fine ball game, Coach Robinson and his boys. So what? All the fans who came out to see the game scene when everything was all over, said and done with, was a fine ball game. It was a conference ball game, and I know you were looking to pick up your first conference win of the season. That's right. This is the start of our conference race, the stretch run, and uh, we are optimistic about winning and being in the struggle for the conference title this year. Were you able to even up your conference record with a win on the ball game Saturday night? Well, as a matter of fact, uh, we, we come out of it. Uh, we now 0-6 and six and 0-2 uh, and two in the conference because uh, uh, we come up on the short end of a 39-4 and four score. But the score is not indicative of the way that we played. We played a whole lot better than what the score would indicate. And we'll be back to find out more about this ball game with Coach Turf. Right now, let's pause for this message. And the Art Turf Show is proudly sponsored by this item that will take grains to the next level. Make a face scrub, neutralize garbage odor, make affordable refresheners, relieve swollen gums, reduce puffiness around eyes, protect your plants from fungus, and repeal pesky rodents and nosy neighbors. What is that item? Used tea bags. Really? Coach Turf, your team dropped a 39-4 decision to double Dakota Tech on Saturday night, but on the bright side, you did score as many points in that game as you had in the previous five games. That's right. You know, we always looking for bright spots in the ball game. We did get ourselves four points. In fact, we even had to lead in that ball game. Uh, you know, we uh, were thinking back to the game the week before to, when we went to play Seashore State at their place, and they had that tremendous home field advantage. And I was thinking, well, boy, howdy, it'd be real nice if we had us a home field advantage like they did. So we put our thinking caps on, our coaching staffs and us, we took it upon ourselves to find a way to give us an advantage. And we come up with one. We decided what we was going to do, seeing as how they, DDT was trying to work the bugs out of their program. We, we decided we was going to coat the football with a special treatment that was going to help us out. So we sprayed the football before the ball game started, and when we kicked off and they received the football and had the ball for the first play, they went to uh, hike the ball to their quarterback, Spider Stevens. He couldn't hold on to the football. He, there was something about that football, what we put on it, that he couldn't hang on to, and it was bombing around back into their end zone, and they fell on it. But, boy, how did we have ourselves a safety? And, and you led two to nothing at that point. And not only that, we got the lead. That's the first time we've been ahead all year, and, and, and we, we kept it going because next time they had the football, same thing. They didn't get used to it, and, and, and we had ourselves another safety. It was four and zip, and I looked up on the scoreboard. It was four and zip, and we wasn't the zip. We was the four. Well, Coach, what would you say was the turning point in the game? Well, as long as they had the football, we was doing fine. So the uh, turning point of the ball game was when we got the football. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. WATH FM's.
glorious sunshine booming through our windows this morning. It's wonderful. Showing 61 degrees at present, headed up to 83. My oh my. In fact, as we look ahead this week, it's all in the... Uh, Oh, really? 81 tomorrow, 79 on Wednesday, 83 on Thursday, 82 on Friday. You get the point. Good morning, folks. Welcome. It's a Monday edition. And uh, Scott has been on the air for a couple hours now. And... uh, Scott, what was your impression of our homecoming uh, weekend? Um, it was, it was, you know, the homecoming as usual. Lots of people in town, uh, lots of old faces, well, old friendly faces, I should say. <laughs> um, you know, we, we yeah. all get older every day, and you see each other again, and it's it's good to reconnect with college buddies or you know hometown friends that are still around people that come in town that uh, maybe you went to school here and you haven't seen them for a while so it yeah it's it's a cool time of year at uh ou for those types of things i did see a number of people that i hadn't seen for a while because they had come in specifically for the weekend and that's always a neat event um the parade very nicely done um, just everything about it. Uh, but let's talk about the football game. Um, let's see. Did you have the chance to attend, or were you watching via TV or what? Um, yeah, I was watching. Okay. So, uh, What was your impression? Uh, you know, Coach Albin said that it was the best four quarters they put together uh, this year, uh, which, you know, he – when you're having a year like they are, you try to put together some of the positives mm-hmm. so you don't, quote-unquote, lose the team, so to speak, and uh, so they don't lose confidence in the uh, coaching staff and each other, their teammates. Um, I thought they played pretty well, you know, if they get a couple breaks that go their way. that You know, that's that's how sports are. I mean, uh, not to shift gears, but we can get to this, too. But look what happened to the Bengals mm-hmm. yesterday. But uh, overall, I thought they played better, the Bobcats. They're going to have a tough one this week at Buffalo. Right. Buffalo's not the team that they used to be, where they were ranked in the top 25. So uh, they, the you, you always have a chance when you tee it up. That's why you play them. Uh, anything could happen, so... We'll see uh, how they do. But I, I thought they looked better this week. We attended the game and, and had our nice seats up in the tower and all that. And um, I tell you, I never lost interest. You know, and that's an important thing. Yeah, it is. Um, it just seemed to me like they're right on the verge of, of becoming um, – well, I don't want to say good, but I mean, really good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, they didn't say that very well, but I competitive. I mean, you okay. want to be competitive every yeah. week. Yeah. You know, you don't want to get blown out with lopsided scores 
And uh, you want to, uh, if you keep the game close, you know, you always have a chance. And when you have have that uh, home field advantage and the home crowd behind you, you know, being a former player in lots of different games, different sports too, when you have a crowd behind you, that just gets that energy level going oh, sure. that much more. And you think, when you think you're tired and about, uh, you know, ready to finish up, you hear that crowd behind you. And it makes a big difference. Now, forgive me. I don't know. Did you play football? I did. I in, didn't know. Yeah, that. I did in uh, high school, in junior high school days. Okay. So, yeah, I I had a better future in baseball, and so I thought yeah, sure. in, instead of you know. Hey, speaking a of which, that baseball team was in town. Did you see that? Our World Series, um, college World Series. Oh, the 1970 team? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, they were recognized at the game. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, everybody was turning to each other saying, is Mike Schmidt down there? <laughs> yeah. And he wasn't. He's dealing with a health issue, as I understand it. Yeah, one of, one of my former colleagues, uh, Coach Joe Carbone, was a member of that team. Right. Too, and uh, he was – I'll tell you what, that guy was – I loved every one of those coaches, but Coach Carbone always had something interesting and and usually funny to say when he would come into my office. <laughs> well, he's a great guy. I'll tell you what, he was one heck of a fundraiser, too. So it, it was a good association with Coach. Me, being a former Bobcat baseball player, uh, you know, he loved that even more, too. Well, so yeah, that was that was cool. It was a fun event, and of course, uh, one of the thrills, of course, is the uh, the marching one ten and the alumni band and all that sort of thing. And they didn't let us down; uh, they never have. Um, I had the pleasure of uh, someone behind me at the tower, who, as I recall, is not a, a regular attendee, so. Um, anyway, they said uh, 110 performers. That's why they're called that. And they were saying that to their wife. And I turned around and I said, no, 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 no. Nope, not true. No, there's about 180 of them. But yeah. uh, there's, they always give 110%. That's, oh, that's they go. It. Yeah. Yep. All right. I'll tell you what, the alumni band is a treat. Mm -hmm. And we all know the active marching 110 is a treat. Mm -hmm. But the alumni band, they get into it. I mean, I'm telling you what, they get a little energy. I don't know if they had some Red Bull or what <laughs> in them. But <laughs> Red Bull is an energy drink, folks, if you don't know what that is. But uh, yeah, they get going. Oh, there's a lot of enthusiasm. Yes, there is. And uh, oh, years ago, when I was very active with the School of Music, uh, there was a girl, Sarah. Can't think of her name, last name anyway. And she was a um, a reed player. I think she played uh, alto saxophone in the Marching 110. And uh, her practices and everything, she just really looked forward to it all. And now she comes back as an alum, you know, and still tries to do some of those maneuvers. 
couple of years ago, I was near her when they were dancing on Court Street, and she hurt herself, you know. It can happen. And they have extra, what would you call it, like athletic trainers. Trainers, and yeah. So Medi- on, uh, medical watching people. the band <laughs> yeah. uh, during all of that. Yeah. All right. Which well, is a good thing, you know. Well, yeah. You get out there and you think. I you, can still do yeah. this. Yeah. It's like alumni games I've played in. You know, you get out there and you think, yeah, I can still throw 94 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And, I, and you get out there you're like, whoa, <laughs> I slow down here. <laughs> Absolutely. It's 922. Today is October 11th folks and uh, today's a monday uh after a nice homecoming weekend the only thing um, not perfect about it was it was a loss as far as the uh, actual football schedule was concerned uh, today is the international day of the girl child now this morning i was watching a number of the uh, networks and they were all talking about the tremendous gatherings of 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 um, well, young women around the nation in big cities and so on celebrating the um, the day of the girl. They didn't add the word child, but on our list it's called International Day of the Girl Child. Now, um, Scott, I don't know if you had time to do this, but. I had asked you if you could look into that just a little bit more for us. And did you come up with anything yet? Yeah, I found uh, something that, you know, the question posed was, what is the point of International Day of the Girl Child? Well, they go on to say it focuses attention on the need to address the challenges girls face and to promote girls' empowerment and the fulfillment of their human rights which, uh, you know, as we have heard from various news reports, that those are now gone in Afghanistan with the Taliban takeover. As This is the first thing I thought of when I saw that International Day of the Girl Child. Was Taliban? Well, no, it was uh, girls in Afghanistan now that the U.S. troops have pulled out um, oh. They are, you know, back to where they were 20 years ago, uh, being looked down upon and uh, teenage girls uh, being victims of abuse and uh, th- their schooling not provided. And that's the first thing I thought of was those okay. rights of those girls are have been eroded once again. Well, young girls that were looking forward to going to school. Further, further their educations. Um, they had made some improvement, but still, it was far from perfect, even at its height. Um, well, everything's far from perfect, but oh, um, you know, it just—it's they've—they've regressed twenty years now, back to where they were. So uh, hopefully, that will improve. Yeah. I just feel bad for them that, you know, they were on their way to the educations. Uh, little girls were enjoying school, and now they're afraid to, afraid to do that, based on various news reports. I know my daughter Jackie, <coughs> and my granddaughter Julia, 
who's now a freshman at OU. Uh, but uh, over the last few years, they've attended a number of events like this around, well, you know, Washington, D.C. especially. And um, uh, we've also had COVID, so I've not been able to go and talk with uh, my granddaughter or daughter, for that matter, um, like I would like to have, and, and, and gotten their react, received their reactions to these uh, huge events that take place around and that they've participated in that were of a similar nature. But, um, yeah, they're, <clears throat> they're very fortunate. Well, we all are fortunate to live in the country we do to have the liberties and freedoms like that and it's it's sad when you see that oppression going on worldwide well we've mentioned the international day of the girl child it's also native american day now, there aren't too many of those are there native american at what point are you considered a native american is it just Dare I say the Indians who lived here before this chunk of land was traveled to? Well, what are they getting at? Native American Day. Define a Native American. See what we can find out. We'll go on while you're looking it up. National Online Bank Day. That's helpful. It can also be confusing. But we'll just leave it at that. It's National Kick Butt Day. (laughs) Okay. It's National Coming Out Day. It's Columbus Day. Oh, yeah. That's right. Yeah. It's National Sausage Pizza Day. And this last one, General Pulaski Memorial Day. Okay, so that's, um, there's a couple I want to pursue there, but uh, you were already started on the um, uh, Native American. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, the U.S. Census Bureau defines a Native American as follows American Indian and Alaska Native, a person having origins in any of the original peoples of North and South America, okay. including Central America, and who maintain a tribal affiliation or community attachment. And then it also goes on to say, are the Native Americans are the people who contain blood, one of more than 500 distinguished tribes that still endure as a sovereign states within the United States' present geographical boundaries. These are the tribes that descended from the pre-Columbian indigenous peoples of North America. So did they put a number to it? That there are X number of people that are fall into that classification? I do not see that number. Huh. Well, anyway, let's well, see. I still like the idea. How do you determine if you're Native American? Look at available immigration or census records. Try different variants of any known ancestors' names. Uh, look for Native American adoption records. Mm-hmm. Now, let's see. Is Native American a legal term? 
A legal term? That's what it says. Approximate legal definition for Native Americans or American Indians in the U.S. is that they are the indigenous peoples in North America within the boundaries of present-day continental United States, Alaska, and the island state of Hawaii. Hawaii. Okay, I thought we had a caller a moment ago, but uh, folks, um, if you're ringing and you hear it, like, stop ringing, I guess. Um, That means we've picked up on you, and um, so just give us a moment to get to you. We have to finish kind of like the sentence we're in. Um, Here comes a call now, as a matter of fact, so finally I was paying attention. Good morning. You need to keep an eye on that phone, young man. Yes, sir. <laughs> you were going to think you're blind like me, sir. That's right. What's up? Well, I just called to bug you. It's Monday, and Spencer, when you said it was National Kick Butt Day, I'm like, oh, yeah. I got to call. <laughs> Kick those two around, baby. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm so You've never heard of Native American... Dave, where have you been on a rock, like uh, two rocks or <laughs> a boulder? I mean, like, it's the hot stuff now. In fact, if you want to piss people off today, say Happy Columbus Day versus Happy Native American Day. Ooh, they'll be like, oh, my God, the politically correct people. They don't like that. Well, both are listed here today. Let's see how long that lasts, Dave. Really? There is an anti-Columbus. It's been mounting for years. They don't want to get rid of old Christopher, baby. Huh. Mm. Well, you got to go back to school and learn all this stuff, man. Well, you know. You know, you'd have to be there all the time, I think, to stay up with everything. That's what I'm. T- that's a good response, Dave. Scott, you talk about that game yesterday. I have never seen Scott. <sighs> I could have kicked at least one of those field goals with my eyes closed. And backwards. At least one. I yeah. Mean, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh my God. You're talking Boy. about the Bengals Is Joe game. Okay? Is yeah. He, right? he apparently he got poked in the throat. When yeah. uh, the the pile was on top of him, yeah. Green Bay players. I don't know if you want to call it a dirty play or not, but you know what happens when they get piles yeah. like that. All kinds of dirty stuff can yeah, happen yeah. down there that the officials can't well, see. I, I just hope he doesn't end up being like Jim McMahon. Jim McMahon could have been a great quarterback. Uh, yes, he. But he is. would. He was reckless with his body. And yep. Joe's got that. That he could have got killed on that one run. Oh yeah. He he's got to be smart. <laughs> I know he's a football player and he wants to go, but man. Yeah, he does. But apparently, it's amazing he'd have a concussion after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, no doubt. But he uh, apparently was taken to the hospital after the right. game, right. and uh, Joey says he feels fine. But sure. they did that as a precaution because right. anytime you have an injury in, near the throat area, you, right. you face the chance of it swelling. Yeah, right. apparently had difficulty speaking after the game. So that's, yeah, right, right. that's why they took him to the hospital. So He says he feels fine today, though. Good. So, Dave, did you go to the homecoming game? Yes, sir. I think we have the best offensive scheme if Albin stays with it, but we got so many other problems. Uh, I, you know, sometimes, boy, I hate to admit this publicly, Sometimes I don't always understand what they're doing. Right. But I was very much uh, drawn into the game Saturday. Mm. 
and I, it seemed to me I could follow what their mm. intentions were, mm. and I, I think I paid more attention than I had in a long mm. time. Wow. But I don't know. Well, yeah, they 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 got the be- that's the best offensive scheme they have, mm-hmm. but that defense is just uh, oh yeah. The 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 those linebackers they just so I I don't know it's uh, we should have won that game we should have won the game so well little suspect but yeah what, what do you and, mean by uh, that? I don't know yeah. who the kid was that yelled at the ref but oh that was you can't, I you think can't that, that was a, a one of those orange shirt people you can't do that like a staffer. Uh, the coach said, uh, "I'm the only one who talks to the ref," and he was right. That was, whew, that was you don't do that. <laughs> hey, tell so, me, why do they have that? Now you may not have known this, but let me ask Scott. There's a black screen. Two guys are holding a pole with a black tarp in between it, and then there's guys in orange shirts in front of it. That are they blocking it from the cameras? Yep, and they're blocking it from the press box. So that the other team can't see the hand signals. Yeah, why you didn't ask on. me that, Dave? I knew that, sir. Okay, well, I was, I was trying I'm to be pro, kind. Sir. I was trying to be kind. <laughs> no, I got you. I love booking you. Okay. <laughs> um, but I believe it was one of those people that spoke. Mm, well, I, I don't know about that. All I know is the coach said the kid. The kid, the kid who said what he said is—he's not that kind of kid, and he feels bad about it. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, whatever. Yeah, I just want to—what an interesting weekend. But my Bears won, uh, Scott. That's all that matters. Uh, <laughs> that's all that matters. So they when did. they win, the world is good. It's on, especially on National Kickbutt Day. Oh yeah, baby, I'm uh, just loving it. There you go. Yeah. Hi, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call, Likewise. there, Dave Palmer. Yes, sir. Thanks, you sir. You yes, bet. sir. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. All right. Um, so now we know our phones are working, and I was pretty sure they were before. But, folks, when you do, um, uh, when you do have us, um, just give us a moment to get over there, okay? All right. Let's see here. We've done that. Oh. We haven't done uh, historical stuff. And in the year 1138, earthquake in Aleppo, Syria, kills 230,000 people. On this date in the year 1138. The year 1634, the Bouchardi flood, the second Second Groot Mandrinke. Anyway, kills about 15,000 in North Friesland, Denmark, and Germany. A flood. 1737. Earthquake reported to have killed another 300,000 and destroyed half of Calcutta in India. 
now thought to have been an exaggerated account of a hurricane which claimed 3,000 of the city's estimated 20,000 residents. Huh. 1797, the Battle of Camperdown. The British Navy defeats the Dutch fleet. Nineteen forty-five, civil. I'm no. I'm sorry. Chinese civil war begins between um, the Kuomintang government, with led by Chiang Kai-shek, and Mao Zedong's Communist Party. Uh, 1986, Ronald Reagan and Mikhail Gorbachev opened talks at a summit in Reykjavik, right? Iceland. Okay, some famous birthdays. Scott, I always need your help here. All right. Uh, Let's see here. So we have two living and two dead. So we'll go to the oldest. Arthur Phillip. Um, 1738 to 1814. He, he was born on this date in 1738, died in 1814. He's got a, um, looks like a ca- ship captain's hat on. Um. Arthur Phillips? N- or no, Philip. Philip. What was the years again? He, uh, 1738 to 1814. Uh, maybe maybe we see. can't find him. Yeah, here he is. Okay. He was a Royal Navy officer who became the founding governor of the colony of New South Wales. Okay. Next one, um born on this year or this date in 1966. Died in 2019, Luke Perry. Oh. Wasn't he on uh, one of the soaps, well, I think? I, I'm not a soap fan, so I don't Me really either, know. Me either, but I want to say he was. Coy Luther Luke Perry was an American actor. He became a teen idol for playing Dylan McKay on the Fox TV series Beverly Hills 90210. Oh. And again, from 1998 to 2000, he also starred as Fred Andrews on the CW series Riverdale. I knew a number of, I mean, of years ago, mind you, uh, when I was with Playhouse on the Green in Columbus. A number of those actors and actresses uh, were on the daytime soap operas. Deidre Owen, Lois Kiss. um, um, Well, those two came to me quickly. The other names, not so well. Okay, here we go on. Uh, this next person is alive. Um, celebrating his 79th birthday. Bakchan, B-A-C-H-C-H-A-N. Amitab, Amitabha, Bakchan. He is an Indian actor. 
uh, film producer, TV host, occasional playback singer, and former politician known for his work in Hindi, not Hindu, Hindi cinema. He is regarded as one of the most influential actors in the history of Indian cinema. Uh, frankly, based on his photograph, I would not have guessed about the Indian connection. But uh, photos can be deceiving. Yes. All right, the last person uh, whose birthday we're celebrating, and it's her 29th birthday, Cardi B. C-A-R-D-I, then B. Cardi B is an American rapper. Born and raised in New York City, she became an internet celebrity by achieving popularity on Vine and Instagram. And some of her movies and TV shows include F9, The Hustlers, Love and Hip Hop, Fast and Furious 10. Happy birthday, Cardi B. Okay, now we have two famous deaths to mention. <clears throat> None of them recent. Neither, rather, recent. Kazimir Pulaski. He was born in 1747 and died on this date in 1779. Kazimir Pulaski. Kazimir Michael Władysław Wiktor Pulaski was a... <laughs> was a Polish nobleman, soldier, and military commander who has been called together with his counterpart, Michael Kovacs de Fabrici, the father of the American cavalry. Hmm. And the last one, Meriwether Lewis. That's a man born in 1774, died on this date in 1809. Meriwether Lewis. Meriwether Lewis. I wonder if this has anything with Lewis and Clark. Well, let's see. Uh, Meriwether Lewis was an American explorer, soldier, politician, and public administrator, uh, best known for his expedition with uh, Lewis and Clark, his partner, William Clark, on the Corps of Discovery's historic trek to the Pacific. He was also Thomas Jefferson's confidant, and governor of the Upper Louisiana Territory, an All-American hero. He was only 35 when he died of gunshot wounds sustained along a perilous Tennessee trail. Hmm. All right. Um, One other item caught my eye, and I brought it in this morning terms of history and stuff. Uh, in 1957, a fire at the Windscale Nuclear Plant, which was in Cumbria, England, uh, in happening becomes the world's first major nuclear accident. That's right. October 10th, 1957. It was Britain's most severe nuclear accident, even since. The Winsgale nuclear reactor plant was producing plutonium for the UK 
to make its atomic hydrogen bombs. Britain used the first explosive material to test its first atomic weapons in Australia. That done, that, that test was conducted on October 3rd. And again, over in Australia. But seven days later, this plant had a fire. Now, when you look at the picture of this plant, it looks just like the one down there in, um, is it Racine? Yeah, Ravenswood? Across the river there? Yeah, well, no, it's on our side. But it's down near um, River Valley High School. Are you talking about Kaiser? Yes. Kaiser Aluminum? So it has those two twin stacks, you know, mm -hmm. and all that sort of thing. Yep. And a lot of electric circuitry to and from. Anyway, um, let's see how the fire started. The windscale plant had two nuclear reactors. After a routine, um, nothing's behaving for me here in my hands. Okay, after a routine heating of the first reactor. Hello? Did you hear that? Yeah. Or did you call yourself? I must have. <laughs> and maybe you have it on... Um, <laughs> Hello? Yeah, oh, there you have it. Well, Maybe you have it on the live stream. That's I, what it sounds like. I don't know what I've got. <laughs> but I just turned it off. Okay. <laughs> that was weird. That's kind of funny. So how the fire started. Again, we're talking about to 1957 in Great Britain. The windscale plant had two nuclear reactors. After a routine heating of the first reactor, the graphite control block lost control and the adjacent uranium cartridges raptured. Uranium released from the rapture began to oxidize, releasing radioactive debris. The result was a fire. The flaring fire burned for over 16 hours before it was successfully extinguished. Well, anyway. First nuclear plant accident, you might say. Yeah, there's been a few notable ones since then. Three mm -hmm. Mile Island yep. comes to mind. Chernobyl. Um, I found another article this morning that I thought was worth at least discussing. The topic is bullying. Bullying. And it starts out in the next six, in the next seven minutes. In the next seven minutes, a child in the U.S. will be bullied. It may be the son or daughter of someone you know. It may even be your own child. Meanwhile, only four in 100 adults were, it will intervene. 
and only 11% of the child's peers might do the same. The rest, 85%, will do nothing. According to the CDC's 2019 Youth Risk Behavior Surveillance System, 19% of students in grades 9 through 12 said they were bullied on school property in the previous 12 months. 14.9% of students surveyed said they were cyberbullied. Well, bullying takes many forms. And technological advances have opened new ways for bullies to hide behind anonymity. Besides the physical, emotional, and psychological tolls it takes on victims, bullying proceeds, um, I'm sorry, bullying produces adverse socioeconomic outcomes. The Association for Psychological Science found that those who are bullies, victims, or both are more likely to experience poverty, academic failure, and job termination in their adulthood than those who were neither. In addition, the affected individuals are more likely to commit crime and to abuse drugs and alcohol. Even our schools, like um, even our schools, take a financial hit from bullying. Research shows that schools stand to lose millions of dollars in attendance-based funding due to students staying home to avoid bullying. Well, in light of the return to in-person schooling this fall. Um, Wallet Hub measured the prevalence and prevention of bullying in 47 states and the District of Columbia to help bring awareness to this to its harmful effects, not only to America's young people but also to society as a whole. They examined each state based on 20 key metrics ranging from bullying incident rate to truancy costs for schools to share of high school students bullied online. Okay. Now, I'm pleased to mention that Ohio comes in 42nd out of the 48 places. Um, I don't know why they're missing two states. But they are. In fact, they're missing three, I guess, because they've got District of Columbia in as one listed, so it comes in 34th, but Ohio comes in 42nd. Okay, <coughs> Scott, let's talk about bullying. Would you care to guess what state has the most bullying? 
Oh, let's see. <clears throat> if I, I, I have no idea. New York. Um, New York comes in 14th. Now, I'm surprised and I'm also disappointed at the answer, though. The answer is California. That is where the most bullying takes place. I'm also surprised at the next few. Number two, Wisconsin. Number three, Alaska. Number four, Missouri. Five, Mississippi. Six, Louisiana. Seven, Montana. Eighth, New Hampshire. Ninth, our neighbor, West Virginia. Tenth, Alabama. Now, you know how I love to tease Wyoming. Now, I do love Wyoming in spite of all my teasing. It is simply beautiful. It comes in 20th. But right above it is Montana, who comes in 7th. Um, I, I thought that was interesting. Interesting pronounce the whole word Palmer okay uh, any place you care about to ask uh, let, let's see let's go to let's go to Florida okay it comes in 31st in front of it is Oklahoma behind it North Dakota um, Kentucky is right near us, right? It's 39th. Uh, Indiana, 44th. Well, who is the least? Massachusetts. Just before them, Vermont, one of my favorite other places. Colorado, 46th. Delaware State, 45th. Indiana, 44th, and so on. Virginia, 43rd. Okay, let's look into uh, a little more detail. Let's see what this says. Did, here. did you hit West Virginia? I did. Okay, what were they again? I'm sorry, it was ninth. Ninth. Wow. I, 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 my friends in West Virginia, please don't take this wrong. I'm not surprised. Okay. But it is again a beautiful state. Okay. States with the biggest bullying problem. Bullying impact and treatment, anti-bullying laws. Well, anyway, folks, if you'd like a little more information on this, Wallet Hub. WalletHub.com, I suppose. And then um, look it up. They have all sorts of reports that I find most interesting and useful for this program. Okay, out in California, we still have wildfires. Get this now. Um, 
The fires this year have burned 500,000 acres, a half a million acres. That's the same size as the state of Rhode Island. Over the past decade or so, the number of fires has held fairly steady, but their intensity has changed. The ground is drier because climate change has reduced the amount of snow that comes down from California's mountains and because droughts are more common. Everything is burning more intensely. The situation is not so different from the climate change from what climate change seems to have done to hurricanes in the Atlantic Ocean. Anyway, um, they're showing the results of these wildfires from 2009 to present. And just this year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It is um, seven times worse than all the years between 2009 and 2017. Think of that. Well, wow. I'm seeing something here that says about 3% of the state's land surfaces burn between 1970 and 80 and from 2010 to 2020 it was 11 percent moved up eight percent mm-hmm. and uh according to u.s geological survey scientists they're saying they're not at all surprising to fire scientists caused by right. unusual drought uh overgrown forests folks um we're done uh, enjoy this wonderful week. It's going to be beautiful. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Cammy McCormick. Hundreds of Southwest Airlines flights have been canceled today after a weekend that saw nearly 2,000 cancellations and passengers stranded from coast to coast. Debbie Day just returned from a two-week cruise and was stuck at LAX. To be honest, I'm not real happy. I'm a little bit sad, and I'm really worried because I'm out of my medication. We can't get out until October 13th. Here's correspondent Errol Barnett. People are still feeling the pain today. Some Southwest passengers won't make it to their weekend destination until Tuesday because of the cancellations and the mass ripple effect. Now, sources tell CBS News this is at least partly related to the airline's position on the federal vaccine mandate, which it will follow, but some Southwest pilots disagree with. The Southwest Pilots Union denies its pilots are staging a sick out. The Boston Marathon is underway after months of delays. I'm excited. It's the first time I've ever said I'm excited for a race, so I'm usually nervous or freaking out or thinking I can't finish. Reporter Nancy Chen is there. This is the first time the Boston Marathon has been held in the fall, delayed from its usual date in April because of the pandemic, with a field size cut by 36 percent. 
And all runners will have to be vaccinated or test negative for COVID-19. The first pill to treat COVID-19, Merck, has applied for emergency use authorization. Dr. William Schaffner at Vanderbilt Medical Center in Nashville. This would make it fast. 